Hello, my name is Carl Lloydhauser. I am the senior pastor of Grace Community Church, and I am so excited that you are with us on this podcast. We also want you to get connected in a church family. If you don't have a local church, check us out at gracemontrose.org. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to grow and connect with God. But we pray that these next 25, 30 minutes that you spend with us are powerful, that God meets you and speaks to you because he loves you so much. All right. Hey, I love seeing um, some of the jerseys we have out there. Do you guys know that the Broncos aren't in it? That Just so you know. But a kid came up to me uh, this morning, one of our kids from Grace Kid, and said, so San Francisco or Kansas City? And I told him, um, is it possible for both of them to lose? Can they both lose? That, that's what I want. Anyway, so I've got my jersey on, uh, my little I am ready jersey. So um, we've got some of that uh, stuff out there in the Welcome Center. And um, you know, when we do clothing and stuff like that, we we hardly ever make money. Uh, that's not why we're doing it. Uh, we're actually have it out there for a conversation starter. So it kind of worked like this: like, what are you ready for? Uh, well, what what's about to come? Well, what's about to come? There we go. Set me up there. Now, the number of people that I have led to Jesus through T-shirts so far is zero. Just so you know, but. Who knows? You know, it's amazing what people are doing and, and how they're coming. So I, I, I just thought we could give you uh, uh, some tools. Maybe that would help. Uh, if you want to grab that stuff, you're welcome to. want to say hello to everyone who's joining us online. Uh, we're so glad that you're with us. I know we got people up in Crested Butte watching right now. Um, there's uh, another person I know who's homesick. We uh, just welcome you. Thank you for being with us. Uh, we love you. And uh, we're so glad that you're part of things here. So I've got a couple questions for you. So um, just yell if you know the answer or if you have a guess. So um, how many uh, bowling balls do you think that a person can carry at one time? Two. It's more than two. Three? It's way more than three. So the world record is actually 16. Uh, Chad McLean uh, carries uh, 16. He's got a couple on his legs. You can't see right there. Uh, but, but that's about how many you can carry if you're like the top. How about um, like the top bowling ball holder? I guess that's like a skill, right? So uh, how many bees? How many bees can a person hold at one time? Thousand is what I heard. Someone, did someone say a billion? It's not a billion, whoever said that. But it is a big number. It's 637,000 bees. Rune Lingaming, actually, I, I don't know why a person would do that, uh, but he did that. So how about this? How many snails can a person hold on their face? 30, that's close. It's 43. A high school kid, Ken Feller, put 43 snails on his face. Like, you could probably get more in there, but that's the world record. All right, one last one. How many great pursuits... Can your soul hold at once? It's one, isn't it, right? And so we're in this series, uh, I Am Ready. And part of us being ready here is that we need to be ready to lay down every other pursuit than the most important one. That there's only one that you can hold. And there's only one that really matters. And so if you have your Bible, open it up to Mark chapter 8. And we'll look at verse 34. Now, this is just right after, and we've gone part before, but this is just right after um, the, Peter says, no, you can't die for us, and that, that's not how it's going to be. And, and Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You, have, you don't have in mind the things of God, but you have in mind the things of men. And then right after that, then we're going to pick up here in verse 44. And so Jesus called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, and if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. 
Whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel. So this message, this, this call in sharing the gospel, whoever loses his life for the sake of the good news of Jesus will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? And if anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, not too unlike our generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his Father's glory with his holy angels. And so, you know, usually when I've looked at that passage, I've thought, okay, am, am I ready to lay down my life for Jesus? Am I ready to die? You know, if they came after me, would I die for Jesus? And I think the answer is, I hope so, right? I think so. I mean, Peter, he just got done. He just gets done saying, I'll die for you, Jesus. And then just a little while later, what does he do? He denies him, right? You see what's inside. I mean, you don't really know until it's up against you. But actually, I don't think that that's the heart of this passage. I don't think that's actually, I mean, that's one of the questions, but I don't think that's the question this passage is asking. So the Greek word for life there is the same root word as the word psyche. It's really saying, are you willing to lay down your soul? Which is what? The core of your feelings and your affections and your desires. So would you lay down? So the question isn't, would you die for me someday when they come after you? That's not the question. The question is, are you dying for me now? Now, will you lay down your life? The question is, are you laying down your life? Right here and right now, are you laying it down for me? You know, there's a, a red flag phrase for me. I just, I've learned over the years that once I say this, I, I got to stop and just kind of recalibrate and, and think about things all over. And the, the, the saying, the, the thought is this, I don't feel like it. As soon as I say that, I know that there's trouble. Like, I don't feel like apologizing. I always apologize. I don't feel like it this time. I don't feel like going to church. It's cold out there. I don't feel like stopping and helping right now. And I've learned in my life anyways that I don't feel like it. That, that is almost always an opportunity from the Holy Spirit for me to die to myself. Because the question is, okay, you don't feel like it. Will you anyway? You don't want to serve. You don't want to go. Will you anyway? I mean, who's Lord? You know, the, it's the idea of patience, right? I mean, you don't find out pa if you have patience when everything's good. You find out if you have patience when you least likely want to have patience. That's where you see if you really have patience, isn't it? You see, you find out if you have character when your character is tested. That's when you see how far your character goes. And so we come and we find out how willing are you to lay down your life to Christ when it comes against what you want and what you desire and when you would rather not. And you can have one king, one great pursuit, one Lord of your life. And if it is, if it's all based on what you want and how you feel, guess who that king is? It's me, right? The first commandment, 10 biggest rules that God gives for life, right? What's the first one? You have no other gods before me. Now, if we could just get that one, I mean, don't you think if we could just nail that one, that he is my God and everything, it seems like all the other ones would just like fall right into line. It, it, it seems like if we could get this thing, the, the rest of it, it would all just make sense. All the other gaps would fill in. 
And see, and then the next one says, you shall have the second commandment, you'll have no other idols. And anything that captures your heart and soul, anything that you desire and that you're chasing after, be careful because it is dangerously close to being your idol. And for many of us, for most of us, isn't that usually us? What we want, what we desire, our status, our reputation. Or maybe it's like our idea, our expectations. Of, you know, this is what my family's going to look like. This is what my life is going to look like. So how do we lay down our lives? What is Jesus asking us to do? Well, it starts with your desires and your pursuits. Those things, you know, your desires and your pursuits, that's really what you worship. It's what you become, the things that you chase after, right? And there's two words that help you understand your desires and pursuits. The words are more and enough. More and enough. See, my garage is actually, it's, it's just living proof of, or not a static proof of the problem of more. You come into my garage, I have a, a Rod Martin, a friend of mine, he actually passed away, but I remember he first, first time he came into my garage, he says, man, this place looks like an REI store. I say, I've got a problem here, is I love gear. Now, I don't have good gear, I just have a lot of gear, Right? Because I just like to do different things. I'm not great at anything, but I love to do everything, you know? And so anything, I mean, skis and just helmets, and you come in and there's just gear all over the place. And it is out of control. You know how I know it's out of control? Because I actually have gear for my gear. Do you have that? You know that you have a problem there. So it's not just skis, but it's wax and it's iron and it's all that stuff. And, you know, a chain cleaning kit and all this stuff and just get more and more gear. Why? Because I love it, right? I want it. I'm pursuing it. And what is it for you? What's your desire? What's your pursuit? What are you chasing after? And you'll know. You know why? Because you'll always want more. And there will never, ever be enough. Never. I mean, you could, it's, you could be going after physique, right? What is, how big does a bodybuilder want to be? It's a little bit bigger than they are, right? How much money is enough? A little more money than I have. When is it ever going to be enough? And Paul talks about this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. And you, you probably know this passage, and, and I love how it starts. He says, catch us, but godliness, so righteousness, being transformed by Jesus, with contentment is great gain. If you could be godly and content at the same time, man, you're killing it. You are right where you want to be. For we brought nothing into this world, we can take nothing out of it. And this uh, next verse, actually, uh, um, I was in Timothy a, a number of months ago. And, and when I came to verse 8, uh, God just had me stop on it and, and just kind of camp and think on this for a little while. It, for some reason, it just hits me. It says, but if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. You know, I'm at an age right now where Google or Facebook and all those things, they, they've figured it out. And uh, the algorithms now, for some reason what I'm finding is they're sending me all sorts of stuff about retirement now. All right, now I got a little ways to go, but that's what they keep sending me. And you know what the same message of every single one of those articles, every single one, every single one says the same thing. You do not have enough. You will not have enough. 
And I was actually, I was thinking in that mindset. I mean, they would say things like, why a million dollars is no longer enough for retirement. I'm like, oh, crud. I'm in big trouble, right? But then it came to this passage. What do I need? Food and clothing. And I could be, you know, I'm pretty confident that I'm going to have food and clothing. And I could be content with that, right? See, but the articles don't say that. They, they say, now, what is it going to take for you to maintain your lifestyle? Where in the Bible does it say that that's the goal? That what I need to do is maintain my lifestyle. All right, let me, let's go back to my gear in my garage for just a minute. So um, an, another good friend of mine uh, who passed away is actually Carl Gutnick. These two guys, Rod and Carl, were kind of like my backpacking mentors. And so whenever I had like a question of like, okay, what's this trail look like? Where's the water sources and all that stuff? I would go to Rod. And Carl Gutnick is actually the guy that Rod would go to. I mean, this guy, he knows everything. I mean, he, every single trail. And a number of years ago, so he's a, a friend of mine. We actually met in the, the parking lot right over here. And it looked like we were having a drug deal. We weren't, okay? But what was happening is he had his trunk open and I had this wad of cash. And he was selling me all his gear. And so I was buying his sleeping bags and buying his stuff. And, you know, he has some really good gear. And the reason is because he said, Carl, I'm just too old. I just can't do it anymore. I mean, there's like one of the passions of his life. He's like, I mean, it was kind of sad to take his gear because it was just, he, it was done for him. And see, it was a great reminder for me of where all my gear is going. Now, I've lost both my backpacking mentors, right, in the last couple of years. And it reminds me of verse 36. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world? What good is it for a man to have a garage full of gear and lose his soul? What good is it for these pursuits that we chase after if we are not chasing after the eternal pursuit? Now, is it wrong to have gear? No. Is it wrong to go after, you know, and have some of the things that, that you go after? No. But listen, it's wrong to live under the lie that more is going to make you happy. It's wrong to live under the lie that you can't be content until you get to that goal. Once I do that, once we go there, once I finish school, once I, once I accomplish this thing, now, you have food, your shelter, you know what, clothing, that's enough. And most of all, it is wrong to sacrifice what really matters. Relationships, your call, the glorious work of the gospel, sharing your faith with others, connection with other people to go after that thing where you just want more and more and more. And see, we, we bring these things that we love to Jesus. And I'll, I'll tell you, it, to us, to me, I think it's like we're carrying around this box full of like broken, shiny glass. You know, and we love it. And we're like, Jesus? I mean, you know it. You, you think about it. Like some of you right now, you're like, Jesus, are you going to take that from me too? You're going to take that too? And, and I think Jesus actually, he would come back and he said, are, are you actually going to keep holding on to that worthless thing? Do you really want that shiny broken glass? Here, here, let me take that from you and let's just set that down for a little while. And that's why he's doing it. He doesn't want to take anything from you. He wants to give to you. He wants to get the worthless out of the way. These pursuits that we go after, these trinkets that we think are so great. And Jesus says, well, instead of living for that, how about picking up your cross and following me on the amazing mission that I have for your life? 
And is God allowed to interrupt your pursuits, your desires, what you're chasing after? And if not, I, I would say maybe you're not quite ready to lay down your life for him right now. So the next thing, to lay down your life is to lay down your plans, to lay down your expectations. That's a big one for us. This is where I'm going. This is what I want. This is what I expect. I asked my son-in-law if I could share this with you. And so he and I, we went on a little bike packing trip in the fall. And as we were biking and then we stopped to camp, we started talking about his uh, future and his career. And he's like, I just don't know what to do. I don't know if I should go this way or that way. And I just need God to show me. And we prayed together. We're like, okay, Lord, show, show Sam where he's going, what he's doing. And so if you fast forward then just to a couple months ago, he gets a job in the ICU. And, and so this plan, one of his plans is, okay, I got to work in the ICU for two years. After I do that, I can go to school and then I could go this way and here's my career path. And so he goes into the ICU and it goes bad. And so he's got like a different supervisor every single day. And like one guy tells him to do this, another tells him to do that. But then they come to him and say, you're not a good fit here. And no matter how hard he's trying, he just can't make it work. So I'm talking to him on the phone. He says, I can't make this happen. It's just so frustrating because here's the plan. And so I said to him, Sam, is it possible that God is actually answering your prayer right now? I mean, you asked him. You said, God, show me which way to go. Give me direction. And is it possible that this is the answer? And so he actually ended up just recently going into a different department at the hospital. And it's funny, he's like, and you know what? I've got this whole new plan and I like it so much better. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to go to school and here's the, here it is. And just like, oh, and I'm so excited. Isn't it amazing how God works? Can God upend your plans? Can he change the expectations? Can he put you on a different course? Is it possible that actually God is just answering your prayers right now? in these difficulties. Now, there's some, there's some tough parts about laying down your life. First thing is you don't get your way, right? I like to have my way. The older I get, the more I like to have my way, right? Here's the other thing is your expectations, they don't always get met. This is how I thought it was going to be, right? But here's the upside is that you get to lay down this worthless thing that's not going to last, and you get to pick up the eternal call and the eternal purpose that God has for your life. You get to move in faith and trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. And, the, and you have the knowledge that as you say yes to Him and you lay down the worthless, that nothing you go through is wasted, that everything is used, and He is always bringing you somewhere. Is God allowed to interrupt your plans and expectations? Can he do that? If not, I would think, well, maybe you're not ready to lay down your life. All right, so this last one, I think, is the tough one. This, we're going really, really deep here. Not because this is complicated. We're going deep because this goes down just to the center of what we are. I mean, I think this is like next level on this passage. And here it is. So if we're going to lay down our lives, we need to lay down our motives. Actually, the rationale behind what we do. See, you can do really good things for really bad reasons. And it's a dark thing. For example, I like it when uh, my kids go to other people's houses and I hear things like, your daughter is so thoughtful and so helpful and so kind. And I was like, I'm like, which one? What? Are, you, are you sure about that, right? 
Now, why do I like that? Here's the bad motive. It makes me look like a really good parent. Like, look at look at look at how I do that. I mean, have you ever like you've been out to dinner with someone, or you have somebody over, and like you realize, oh man, we got to come up with a new rule right now, because these people over here, like girls, girls, we never lick our plates after dinner. And they're like, we did last night. You did last night, Dad. Well, we never do when these people are here, right? <laughs> What a horrible motive! What a horrible motive! Be good so you can look good. Is that what we're doing? How, how about this? Listen, I, I want you to, kids. I want you to enjoy a life of generosity. I want you to know what it's like just to be a blessing to others, so that they can bless you back, and just just to walk in the fullness that God has for you, to walk in relationship with Him. And so, if we want to listen, I don't care if the president's over. If we want to lick our plates, let's lick our plates. That's what Lighthouses do. Lighthouses lick their plates, right? The good response from the wrong motives brings a bad outcome. Do you know why? Because your motives always find themselves out. They're always gonna they're gonna surface. So for, you know, if you were helping someone to get something from them, anybody ever help you, but you realize later that they just wanted something from you? How do you feel about those people? Does that feel good? What does that do to their helping attitude? Right? Have you ever served because you just want recognition, and then you get all tweaked when you don't get it? Right? See, we all have. I've talked about this before. We have these these shadow motives, like in everything we do. Like, like there's a good part. Like, yeah, and, but I, I, you got to check yourself. It's like, well, what do I really want? What else is in here? And for for me, the one I've shared with you before. I mean, teaching, right? I've got a good motive. I, I want you to know Jesus. I want you to fall in love with Jesus. I want you to grow. But I've got some shadow motives, and it's usually like, I really want them to like my jokes. I don't know why that's so important. To me, right? So what do you do? You got these two things competing in you. How do you deal with your shadow motives? How do you lay your motives down? You know, the first thing is you just be honest. God, this is in there. It's just in there. I'm sorry. And then the next thing you do is you take it and you just lay it down. And anything that brings you there, you decide. You know what? I'm not going to go there. It, what I really want is, is I don't want good jokes, Lord. I want good power. I want the Holy Spirit to come and move, and I want you to do your thing, and I want you to love on your people, and I want you to draw them near. And, and so, any time that I'm moving away, kind of to my thing, and I'm forgetting your thing, Lord, I'm just going to let that go. I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to lay that down. And I'm going to determine whatever I can do to bring glory to you, whatever I can do to walk in the pure motive that you have put in my heart. And then you go forward and you do it in His grace, and you do it in His power, and you reject anything of the shadow, and you hold on to the light and the love that He has for you. So maybe you want to be a good dad. Well, why? Because you want to make up for your bad one? Oh, don't let that come to the surface. That's life—a life of overcorrecting. You can depend on them way too far in the other way. That's not the motive you want. To have the perfect family that you've always envisioned. Oh, be careful that motive. To look better than the other families. Ah, yikes. Or is it because you want your kids to grow, to thrive, to know the Lord and the love that you know? Do you guys see how big this is? 
See how deep this goes? To go to our motives? Why am I even doing the right thing? I mean, see, laying down our lives, it goes to the very core of who we are. And I would ask you, are you willing? Are you willing to go this far with this thing? And if you are, I would say you're ready to lay down your life. You're ready to go where he wants you to go. So I've got to just two final thoughts on this. And, and I think it's so interesting. You know, when Jesus said to pick up your cross, um, you know that um, we know what that means. And now the disciples knew that it meant death, but they had no idea that Jesus was going to die on a cross when he said that. Isn't that interesting? So you've got to think that when they came back to it, you know, they remembered, like after it was all over, Jesus had risen again, he had died. They, there was like, and then remember when he said that we have to pick up our cross? Wow. Wow. And so, yeah, it's being willing to die for me. It's willing to die every day. But it's also to pick up the vision and the mission and the call that God has put on your life. And it is to take it forward to its very completion, no matter what the cost. And Jesus came to die. And he took it all the way till it was done. My personal devotions I've been reading in uh, the book of Joshua. There's two times that, that I, I've been reading, and, and I caught it twice, that it says, and Joshua left nothing undone that the Lord commanded of him. And I thought, God, that's what I want. I want no repentance undone, Lord. No, no making it right that you want me to do undone, Lord. No ministry in reaching out undone. Lord, let me just take it all the way to completion. I'm not going to leave 2% undone. I'm not going to leave 10% undone. I'm going to go till it is done, even if it costs me everything, Lord. Let me leave nothing undone and pick up my cross and follow you to completion like you did. And here's the second thing. Everything that we refuse to lay down, it's going to burn anyway. I mean, you can hold on to it, but you're going to lose it. What good is it to gain the whole world and to forfeit your soul? Do you know what's going to happen with all the gear in my garage? I'm going to sell it in a church parking lot someday. Right? What's going to happen with my motives? They're going to rise to the surface. They're going to be shown for what they really are. And it is so much better to lay it down right now than to watch it burn then. But it's a surrender. You know what? Listen, it is a beautiful, sweet surrender. Because what we're doing is we're, we're taking these trinkets and we're exchanging them for eternal glory. We're taking the weight of our sin and our bad attitudes and just all these things that are destroying us. And you know what we get in place? We get like wings of righteousness where we can soar. Wings of eagles with what the Lord wants us to do. And you know, sometimes we give it to him and he just takes it. And we're free. And sometimes we bring these things, these idols before him, and we say, okay, Lord, I, I just give it to you. Do what you want with it. And you know what? Sometimes he just gives it right back to us. Does a little heart work on us and says, okay, now you're ready. Now you can hold this thing because it's in the right place. And then sometimes he takes it away. And you know what he does? He gives us something so much better. I've seen people in this church, people sitting next to you, who said, okay, Lord, I'm just going to let, I'm going to put this boyfriend that's probably not right for him. I'm going to just lay it down at your feet. And you know what? God gives him the husband that's the right one, right? 
I've seen them that they say, okay, God, I'm going to take this business that's just kind of slowly sucking the life out of me. I'm going to lay it down at your feet. And then God comes and gives them a call and a life and a work that, that fills their spirits. I've seen people in this room who say, okay, God, I'm going to give you my dreams for retirement, the perfect home, everything that I was going to do. I'm going to lay it down. And then God gives them a real family and real friends and a real purpose and real meaning towards the later years of your life. So I'm going to take you in a little exercise. And I actually did it this morning. Because I said, God, I can't ask the church to do something that I'm not going to do. I'm going to ask you, I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and minister to us. And just ask, Lord, what would you have me lay down? What would you have me lay down? So what happened uh, for me this morning? I said, Lord, what would you have me lay down? And, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, your control, your desire to kind of make all this happen. I don't want that. You don't want that. And then I said, okay, Lord, well, well, what do you have for me instead? I'll put that down. Well, what do you, what do you want to give me instead of that? And, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, well, I want you to be free. I want you to enjoy it instead of worrying about it all the time. So that's a pretty good deal, Lord. I'll take that one. So I'm going to pray for you right now. We're just going to ask God to show you if there's anything he wants you to lay down. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you come right now. We ask that you would move. We ask you would speak. Just get our hearts ready to hear you. Okay, so just pray this out loud to him right now. Say, Holy Spirit, what would you have me lay down? Some of us, it's a sin or an attitude. Some, it's a dream or an expectation. Some of us, it's stuff pursuits. Holy Spirit, please just speak to us. Lord, we want your freedom. It's all this is, is just freedom. It's life. Show us what we should lay down. Okay, as soon as you have something, then just do it. Just say, here, Lord, I give it to you. I lay it at your feet. You could do whatever you want. You could give it back. You can take it away. You can change it. Just give it to him right now. Thank you, Lord. Okay, and then now to finish, just say this, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me instead? Lord, just reveal your life, your freedom, the better thing, Lord, of your kingdom. Now, if God hasn't shown you anything yet, don't worry, he will. Just keep your heart open, your mind open. He probably wants to show you in a more concrete way where you see it in front of you. But Lord, we just give you all these things that we lay at your feet, God, because we're ready. We're ready to lay it down. We're ready to follow. We're ready to obey. Lord, we're ready to have more life and more freedom in you. We're ready to be, just be done with the worthless and the lesser things. We're ready to walk into the greater things. So Lord, we surrender everything. We surrender our lives. We surrender our souls. We surrender our rights our expectations, 
Lord, we're here right now to pick up our cross, to follow you until it's complete. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us. I hope that God spoke to you. We would love to follow up and care for you any way that we can. So come visit us at gracemontrose.org. Say hello. Let us know what we can do to help you grow in him. God bless you.